Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, July 19, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot on the table to discuss today. I suggest you put your seatbelt on, get your favorite beverage out, sharpen your pencil, get out the notepad, let's rock and roll. The first thing we're going to do is what's jumping off the chart at me on this daily chart. By the way, let's get whatever it is right out in the open. It was a woodshed day, heavy volume, There's a funky candle on the screen. We're going to get to that later. There's a couple of lines on the screen. There's a laundry list of stuff to discuss. First, let's take the trend is your friend until she throws you out the third story window. Guess what? She threw the stuff out the third story window today. Window was open on Friday. She started yelling at the top of her lungs. Today, she started tossing stuff on the ground. Now, from a daily chart perspective, can we say the trend is up or the trend is down? We can't say the trend is down any longer, but it goes from up to neutral as they hang around the 50-period moving average. Now, let's say they shoot right back up, and we'll get to that funky candle, the tail candle, on top of today's activity in a moment. Let's say they shoot back up and recapture the 20-period moving average. No harm, no foul. It'll be one of these pullback, recock the gun scenarios, all that. At present, we're taking the market at face value, and we're going to look around the horn at all the stuff. For example, case in point, the weekly chart is nowhere near breaking trend. At some point, they will, but until they do, it's still in an uptrend, and the larger draw in terms of the weekly chart is still in the upward direction. The trend is your friend until it's not. Now, if they come in and test the 20-week moving average, and they break below, and they break below this breakup candle low at 415.93 and close the week behind it, we'll have an entirely different situation on our hands, but we can't guess that the situation is going to take place, what we're doing here is analyzing the current and the now. Remember, you're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Forget about what you think should happen. Forget about what you might want to happen. We discuss what is happening and what the likely scenario is on both ends in the near term. Speaking of which, it's no secret I've been short the IWM for three weeks. We did it with put options, so at the same time that I'm analyzing the tape, giving you the numbers in the SPY and the IWM and all the other markets, I have a position, but I'm keeping my bias in my back pocket, analyzing the charts each and every night as they are, regardless of what my position is, therefore, what I think should or might or want to happen, net-net. The put position was up about 100%, took half off the table. You treat it as a business, and that's how it works. That was from the Lazy Swing Trader. We established two more short positions last week. Needless to say, they're doing fine. Not messing around with this particular turn if it's happening now or whenever it does happen, we're going to make money on the turn. I intend, through the Lazy Swing Trader, to make money in both directions. By the way, it won't be easy, but that's the intention. Done it before, intend to do it again. 
Let's get back to the SPY. We have a lot to discuss. Okay, what does the 425.50 represent? That's the top trend line, and the lower trend line is at 423.20. You'll see in the notes today from inside the numbers, the 50-period moving average was around the same spot as the lower number. For a different reason, the lower number was a gap, as you can see here on this chart, coinciding with the 50-period moving average. And yes, we were taking long positions down there today. We didn't get the rip-your-face-off rally that runs all the way up all day long. But remember, support has two functions. A, the market stops going lower. B, or the second part and the second leg is, it turns around and starts creeping higher. Now, they started creeping higher at the end of the day, but... Sometimes you get the quote-unquote buy-the-dip crowd a la the pajama jockeys that buy up the market first thing in the morning, and if you're in the right spot early in the morning, in the zone from a support perspective, you can win big and fast. As you can see from the hourly chart, they hung around in that zone and toward the lower end of that zone all day long until the last few minutes of the day. That's when they caught one of those end-of-the-day jam sessions. It's a little more pronounced when you go down to an intraday 15-minute chart, and you can see that the 423.20 was certainly support. The 425.50 was initial support, but they bounced, and then they went lower. Where did they go? Pretty much right back up to the first spot, and then back down to the second spot, and then at the end of the day, they went right back up first to an important spot, but Let's take a look again at the daily chart and let's talk about another component on the daily chart that was important today and one of the reasons for this support zone. So let's just say we have the gap in the 50 period moving average. That was the lower end of the support zone, albeit not to the penny, but still obviously worked out. What was the top end of the support zone? How about the most recent breakout area? That's right. Here it is again. We always talk about it. Why? Because it always comes into play somehow, some way. That's right. The market ran up to this spot, was rejected. We talked about it the other day. It ran back up to that spot, broke out, and did what? Came right back to that spot, went into the gap, filled the gap, the 50-period moving average, found the bounce, and there you have the day's activity. You have to do a couple of things. When analyzing the tape in the pre-market, you have to look at the big picture and say, hey, what are they likely doing in the big picture? Forget about what they do candle to candle on a 5, 10, 15, even 20, 30-minute chart. What are they doing in the big picture? And by the way, if they're doing it, for example, the 50-period moving average and a gap left open on a daily chart, well, guess what? It's a daily chart could take all day to satisfy that requirement, quote-unquote. Guess what? There's a 10-minute chart. It took all day to finally satisfy that requirement until they started catching a rally into the end of the day. Now, maybe it's a fake rally, maybe it's not, but let's talk about something else to further that conversation. You have a tail candle going all the way up to the gap left open from Friday. Was the market actually up there during the day? And the answer is no, it wasn't. So we call this, and this is a highly technical term, we call this a shenanigans candle. Why is that? Because there's shenanigans involved with how the candle appears on the chart 
when price wasn't there. It goes to an open gap. So therefore, if we see price trading higher, if we see them making a run for getting close to the gap, guess what? They're going to fill the gap. That's the only way we can use that information, but maybe it tells us that it's more imminent than not. We really don't know. Remember, it's a shenanigans candle, and it has no hard facts that we can hang our hat on. We're going to go over and check out inside the numbers. Before we do, there's something else I want to address. The title of the video, The Ultimate Bubble Stock. This is where this comes from, and you have to go with me on this. There's a method to the madness, but it's tongue-in-cheek, but I think you'll appreciate it. We hear bubble talk all the time. The bond market's in a bubble. The stock market's in a bubble. Commodities are in a bubble. This is in a bubble. That's in a bubble. Doesn't matter. There are bubbles. Bubbles get popped. Bubbles get recreated. That's the way the market works over and over and over again. But as I'm listening to pundits and talking heads, and I'm thinking about bubbles, and I'm hearing bubbles, I couldn't help but think, well, part of a bubble in my mind is like pumping up the market. So how do you pump up the market? Well, maybe they use helium. Obviously, it's tongue-in-cheek, but helium went into my mind. So as you know, inside my head, inside my mind is a dangerous place to be. So what happens next? I start looking up helium stocks. I go over to the University of Google. I type in biggest helium companies. I come up with some results, and the first one on the list happens to be Air Products. Now, I know that company, Air Products. Nice tail candle today, closed below the 200-period moving average. Doesn't matter. That's not the point. And by the way, they missed this gap, so they'll be back anyway. Here's the point. This is a monthly chart. Again, this is tongue-in-cheek. It's a little levity, but maybe it's also an omen. This chart on Air Products, which in part, right, they do other stuff, but in part, they produce or distribute or both helium. In November of 2020, this tops out and they haven't made a higher high, even though other markets have been getting pumped up. Sounds like an omen to me. The helium company topped out long before everything else. Who else would look up helium companies? Nobody. How about inside the numbers today? We'll do something a little bit different. We'll start from the end. 356, and there's your magnetic 424 pivot into the close. They actually went higher, but that was an important spot. 251, they're either going to do it by the end of the day, and that meant lower numbers, or if they started pushing higher, 424 is important and will be magnetic if they get close. How do you trade that? How do you play that? How can you use that information? Well, let's go learn something. It's a hypothetical situation. I'm a trader at the end of the day, looking for a rally into the end of the day. I don't mean into the last five or 10 minutes, I just mean in the afternoon. I'm looking for a rally and I know 424 is important. How do I know that? It was inside the numbers, it was the pivot. I also know that if they can get above 423.20 and start closing candles above there, that likely they're gonna start to make a push over to 424. How do I know that? Because 423.20 was important from this morning, and they've been below it, and they couldn't really get above. So I know if they slingshot above it, what's the next spot? The next spot they're going to want to get to is 424. Why? It's important. Knowing your numbers is two-thirds of the battle. Let's restart at the bottom. Pre-market commentary. We wake up Monday morning. Red. They're selling them again. Okay. So what do we have? That's fine. 
opportunity is knocking on the door. It's important to start with the big picture first thing in the morning and work down from there. Awareness. One of these times, the buy the dip crowd will get a pie in the face or simply won't show up. We need to understand that. We need to know that. There are always numbers that will produce those big snapback rallies. Those are opportunities. So now we want to get into that. What are those numbers? Well, here we go. Right out of the chute, and this is at zero dark 30. The top end is around 425.50, and you should know why. Well, you know why now. We already discussed it, but you should have known why even beforehand. The next number down, 423.25. I think you saw 423.20 on the chart. We're not going to split hairs over a nickel. There could be one of those rip-your-face-off rallies from within that zone. We don't know yet, but what we do know is that closing candles below 422.50 means that idea is wrong for the time being, and the early destination was lower. Let's take a look again what happened. The market came into the zone, went to the bottom end, did have a nice rally only back inside of the first number, and then fell again. So they didn't really have one of the rip-your-face-off rallies that gets above the early morning high and starts to go toward the gap. They didn't do one of those. Maybe they do it tomorrow. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Step one is finding out where they're going to stop going down. Step two is maybe you get the rip-your-face-off rally, maybe you don't. You don't know whether you're going to get it or not, but you have to be in the right spot in order to participate. Some more stuff we need to know in the morning as for risk. On days like today, traders need to adjust their risk and position size accordingly. The expansion of volatility makes up for the difference. No need to be a cowgirl or boy on days like today. For example, stocks on the move will feature a few positions where entry one and two seem a little far apart. That's because we have to account for the flood of volume at the open that will likely cause numbers to get spiked. Also, numbers that would not be reached in a quiet market get reached on days like today. Just a little early morning wisdom, things to think about. We'll jump around again. Stocks on the move. Only one hit its price objective. It was Apple. A lot of the other stuff pretty much got a bid or caught a rally right out of the open. On days like today, sometimes we get a bucket full of trades right out of the chute. Days like today, we only got one, but that's okay. You take what the market gives you. You never know which day you're going to get five, six, seven trades all going in the right direction at the same time. Entries at different times, whatever it is, some days, and we all know this, we get a bonanza. By the way, earnings season is getting fired up. We had it start last week with the banks. Now you're going to see all the companies accelerate, meaning the number of companies that report earnings every day, both afternoon after the close and in the pre-market before the opening bell, there'll be buckets full every day. It'll be a bonanza. Here's a look at Apple before I forget to do it later. 142.09 was the number. They came into it. They ripped higher. They tested the high of day and they fell away. So they did the deal, they provided a more than the minimum required base hit, and then they came back to where? Back to the support number, 142.09. Guess what? It was important. How do we know that? Well, now you can just look at the chart and you can say, well, the chart thought, or Apple thought that price was important today. 
the numbers work. Let's see what else we have as the day went underway. There was basically a couple of big deals, right? We had those numbers. We saw what the market did in and around those numbers. What you can do is pause the video. I urge you to read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work, but you need to understand what was being discussed, how we use the numbers, how we use the price action in the market, how we used what was happening during the trading day to determine what was likely to happen next. It's very important if in fact you're at all active in the market during the trading day. We'll continue scrolling up. I don't need to read you each and every note. You can certainly do that on your own. And again, I urge you to do so. Here's something in terms of reading the tape. IWM was not making new lows while the SPY was making new lows. So on a garden variety type of situation, what does that tell us? It tells us that that divergence, even from an intraday perspective, is likely to turn around. Either the IWM will make new lows or the SPY will find another bottom and spike up one more time. What happened at the end of the day? The latter of the two. Hashtag reading the tape. Here's another one, 101. Something else we discuss from time to time. They spike the low where the liquidity is. Traders under the impression that selling a break of the low works more than once in a while, they get a pie in the face. They rip the market back in the other direction. They just did that right back to 423.20 from before. Funny how that works. This is what I was referring to in the notes. So here you go. This is about 1245. And then by 115, you can see they ripped the market back up. So they spiked the low. So the morning low was 422.67. They spike it. They make a low of 422.26. That's where the liquidity is. What's the liquidity? Well, traders that were long the market would normally put a stop below the low. Or traders trying to buy the market on a retest of the low would put a stop below the low. And guess what? That's where liquidity is. So let's say the institutions drive the price down. That's where they can pick up the orders. They're buying the market down there. You're selling it to them at the lows. And what happened later in the day? They rip it back up. That's the way it works. Johnny come lately who's selling in the hole or a break of the low, more likely than not will get another and won't be the last pie in the face. Even this little move here down here from the lows back up to 423, 30, 40, whatever it was, 46 at the time, that's about 10 S&P handles. Nobody wants that kind of pie in the face. We're moving along. Again, read the notes. I'm not going to babysit the notes today. You can read them for yourself. You know what happened already. By the way, before we move on, another question is, are they done going down? Is that it? 50 period moving average. Now they bounce. They can bounce. They should not be done going down, but it doesn't mean they have to continue tomorrow. They got a gap above and they got stuff below. What's the next major thing below? We're going to call this one a breakup candle, even though it's not too big, but it's bigger than most. So we have a breakup candle low at 420, which is a big fat round number. We also have another, and this low is 415.93, call it 416. 
So somewhere in that zone, either this breakup candle low of 420, or if they spike it, they can get all the way down to that 416, 17 neighborhood. In there, there would be a rip-your-face-off rally from an intraday perspective under normal garden variety conditions. All that kind of stuff would be handled in real time inside the numbers. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What does the 228 represent? That represents where I shorted the IWM, where members of Lazy Swing Trader shorted the IWM. Half off the table, risk-free, emotionless trade from here. We talked about this last week, which is which pivot is going to be important? You have a pivot low here, you have a pivot low here, you have another pivot here, you go back and you have more stuff. So it's very hard to say if just looking at pivots, which one is going to be important. They have yet to reach the 200 period moving average on the daily chart. Now, they certainly had a big fall and they don't have to reach it all at once, but you would think that they're going to come into and at least spike through, if not touch, the 200 period moving average on this daily chart. The weekly chart, last week they gave up the 20 week moving average and that important spot. They closed well below it on Friday. I know the watchers of the IWM, I got the emails accordingly, were watching for that spot. It became apparent on Friday. It became obvious they were going to close below it. And guess what? We are in the goodnight Irene situation. Doesn't mean every day the market goes down. Doesn't mean they won't try and rally back to run a test of the 20-week moving average. They can. We're going to see large swings in both directions in these markets when and if already we may have entered the corrective slash bear phase. It'll be important to see where the month of July closes in the IWM. What does the monthly chart look like at the end of the month? If they rally it back, it might not look like much. If they don't, we might have something else to say. Let's also discuss the difference in the daily chart between the SPY and the IWM from a shenanigans tail candle perspective. So this candle that fills the gap or at least goes up to almost fill the gap, that is a real candle. That's real price movement. Price was up there earlier in the day. The gap was not filled. You have a 200 period moving average below. They're in the middle. They're either going to fill the gap in a bullish tape or they'll drop down to complete a minimum of testing the 200 period moving average. So if they're falling on Tuesday, that's at least one objective. And if they're doing that, I would say 204.75 is a pretty good spot where you could expect a reaction in the other direction. Opening the day below that spot, look out below. We were using the RSP or the equal weight index as a gauge actually proved okay for our purposes. Lower highs, they fell away. Now they've settled, at least for today, on the 100 period moving average. The SPY, the non-equal weight, gave up one moving average out of three, tested the second, meaning the 50 period moving average, well above the 100 and the 200. RSP will note entirely different position in terms of the moving averages on the chart. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. How about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, we know IWM is A number one, but this one is A number one, canary in the coal mine. This was given it to us. We talked about it every single night. 
They couldn't get up and go. They kept melting away. They kept doing it and doing it and doing it. We kept showing how it topped out a long time ago. They're melting away. All the charts over and over and over again. And last week, they closed comfortably below the 20-week moving average, giving it up. As I like to say, giving up the ghost. Just for kicks. If I were to say... Where would a better, longer-term buy opportunity be for the transports? For example, the IYT is the exchange-traded fund that tracks the transportation department. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but if, let's say, in the next couple of weeks, we found the folks at the transportation department down at about 12,000, 850, 860, 870 in that neighborhood, I think that's a buy him with both hands for a rip-your-face-off rally. That's my opinion today. When we get down there, we'll have to handle it in real time because you don't know what the chart looks like when it gets down there. But if it happens sooner than later, I think, yeah, I think it's a bona fide opportunity in the waiting. What about the Silicon Valley people, Q people? Down half a percent? They slip below the 20-period moving average, but down half a percent... It's very hard to make a federal case out of that. Two bucks. When you see the weekly chart, you can see why it's very difficult to make much out of the price movement away from the all-time highs, which were at 365.49, were $10 removed on a $350 stock. Not much we can do with that. They're still well above the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart, so the trend is your friend until she dumps you. She hasn't really dumped you in the queues yet. She might have walked over to the window, but she hasn't really thrown anything out yet. And you know that that's a general area of interest for a nice bounce in the queues. 342, 342.50, I've got it at 342.33 for no reason whatsoever. The high here happens to be 342.80. You don't know exactly where they're going to stop. You don't know where this 50-period moving average is going to be at the time. But if they were to get there, let's say this week, you're going to get a reaction in the other direction. If they eat too much time off the clock before they get there, we'll have to reassess it. About the financials, they were struggling, struggling, struggling. We said they have to get above this area in order to get anything going. Well, guess what? They couldn't get anything going. The moving averages basically just rejected price. They became overhead resistance. Gave up or in the process of giving up the weekly 20-period moving average. Now, let's say they rally back this week and close inside of this breakup candle low at 35.38. Guess what? Beware, because that will push the market higher. That will be a short-term bullish signal. Write that down. about Smash Mouth? Another bullish signal, at least short-term. Guess what? They have a reversal candle... Opened low, reversed during the day, finished near the highs, and guess what? You're going to love this one. So the gap officially was filled above 246.85. That was the gap. They closed the day at 246.80. The high was 247.04. They could have closed above the gap, but they didn't. No accidents, no coincidences, but beware. This is a positive candle We're not saying you get a rip-your-face-off rally just yet, but you have to take heed when certain markets that happen to be leading indicators of other markets. 
So smash mouth, the semiconductor space, is a leading indicator for the tech space as a whole. Tech wasn't down that much. Smash mouth finished in the green. You can't ignore that. You have to take heed. You treat each market independently of one another. Just for kicks, let's just say, and we're back to the SPY daily chart, let's just say that there was a rally tomorrow and they went up, not necessarily to fill the gap, but say they even got close. They had a further bounce away from this zone of 425.50 down to 423.20. Well, when you look at the SMH and the Qs and you look back and say, well, yeah, those markets were positive as it relates to, or they had relative strength as it relates to the SPY, and then we would come back over the top and say, yeah, they bounced away from that zone. They came down to the zone, they retested the former breakout area, and it took them an extra day to bounce away from it. No big deal. That's what we would say if you saw a rally tomorrow. So just because they didn't have a rip-your-face-off rally today doesn't mean you won't see a bounce tomorrow. You don't know. Any way you look at it, under normal garden variety conditions, this spot here, 425.46 is the exact number. That spot is where they ran a test of today. Now, they closed below it. So at first blush, that's a negative. That doesn't mean they can't get right back above it tomorrow. Just a little food for thought before I say, have I ever told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.